Welcome back to another episode of the Red Carpet Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Bree Kraut. And happy Labor Day, everyone, because this episode is airing on Labor Day. That's exciting. Um, we got we got some stuff to talk about on this uh, film that we're doing today. Just a little bit. But everyone wants to know the pressing question... What are we bringing for snacks for this film? <laughs> I'll let you go first. Okay. Well, mine is going to be a little different. Mine's going to be seafood. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, it comes from a magical land called Canada and distributed through New Jersey, but it's a foreign seafood called Swedish Fish Mini. Oh, my God. It's like regular Swedish fish, but smaller. And, you know, if you actually look at the bag, it says that it has the imprint of the word Swedish on what looks like to be a fish. But I guarantee the you... The big ones do. I guarantee size. you, none of these normal one, the small ones in here have... Snormal? Yeah. None of these snormal ones. None of these snormal ones. <laughs> none of these minis have anything that resembles Swedish on it. Like, it barely looks like a fish, but this one looks like it's got, like, skeletons on it and stuff. It's weird. But, you know, seafood's healthy for you or something. I was really, um, I didn't think you were actually going to come out with a concession candy when you said seafood. I was waiting to see what the seafood really was going to be. Tricky. It is. It's totally legit. I'm sure it's, um, I'm sure it's healthy. Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. What about you? What do you got? Uh, I am actually, this is new. So I hope that people take me up on this. Gala red apples, preferably Michigan ones. Okay. And dark chocolate hummus. That's a thing. Oh, baby, yes. Really? It tastes like brownie batter. It's so delicious. I mean, I love hummus regardless, but this particular one is... Oh. Did you mm -hmm. say it's a dark chocolate hummus? Mm -hmm. Dark chocolate hummus. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like if I had too much of it, I'd have to reach over to my local pharmacy oh my and God. get some Gas-X. <laughs> oh and depending God. on where you buy it from... It could come with 50% more in the pack, especially if you're feeling pressure, bloating, or discomfort from that of gas. <laughs> We're not getting paid for that either. I just figured I'd plug that because, I don't know, hummus, chocolate hummus. Hmm. I'm sure it's delicious. I, it's I amazing. Really, yeah? It's amazing. Yeah. You chase, oh, that, chase that with like you're a Diet me. Coke or something? Heck no. <laughs> Get the extra large popcorn with butter. And then a large Diet Coke to negate the calories. I remember those days in the theater. We've I talked just, about that before. You're just making me really want movie theater popcorn. <laughs> Nothing like a bucket of it with some 10W40 oil splashed on top called butter. Gross. <laughs> All right. Don't kill it. Don't kill the image. Well, let's talk about this movie that... I found to be actually extremely interesting. It's uh, clocking in at uh, almost two hours long. I, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little over two hours long. About two hours long. <laughs> starring, starring Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, Natalie Martinez, uh, Sandwee Newton, Daniel Wu, Nico Parker... Uh, Angela Serafin. What's cool about this film, I'm a big fan of the show Westworld on HBO. Mm. Two of these people in this film are in Westworld. And uh, it was kind of cool to see them in there. But I gotta tell you, before we get going into the movie, which is called Reminiscence, <laughs> it got bagged pretty hard by critics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 38% Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm not going to give away the farm in the first two minutes of the film by saying, you know, what my actual score is, but I, f I feel like it was unjustly 
given those ratings? Mm, yes and no. Yes and no. That's a politician answer. Hey, you know, I everyone's entitled. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, the premise of the film is a character, Nick Bannister, played by Hugh Jackman, a private investigator of the mind navigates the dark, alluring world of the past by helping his clients access lost memories. Living on the fringes of the sunken Miami coast, his life is forever changed as he uncovers a violent conspiracy while trying to solve the mystery behind a client who disappeared. Film premiered August 20th, 2021. Limited theater run in addition to HBO Max. Um, I gotta tell you, though, in the beginning, when I first realized what the hell was going on with this film. There we go. Where Miami, I, I first I had to realize he's in Miami. I'm like, oh, look, it's New mm -hmm. York. It's underwater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, uh, no, it's Miami. Mm -hmm. And why is, why is it Miami? I'm only guessing global warming. But in the commentary at some point, he says that the ocean is going to reclaim this city at some point for itself. Mm -hmm. So I thought that this plays a little bit into my own fears living in Florida. That at some point, <clears throat> the uh, state is going to just wash away because we are basically a sand barge. And to see how they played it, it was... I don't know if it was more like... At one point I go, all right, so if everyone is kind of living in a watery city that there are some dry floors, but the first floor is pretty much soaked, mm -hmm. then why don't they have better boats in some... You would think everyone would have amazing boats at that point, and it would mm -hmm. be more, more like going around someplace like um, uh, you know, Italy going around in, in Venice. Like in Venice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of interesting. That thought kind of crossed my mind at one point, too. But then you go into the tech side of it. Uh -huh. And Nick ha has this device where his clients put this, this kind of wiry crown, if you will, on their head, and then they sit in a a tank of water, which mm -hmm. conveniently is probably in abundance because the city is almost underwater. And uh, based on that and his his suggestions, he's able to project their memories into three dimensions on a platform that he can walk over to and observe the entire memory scene and the details involved. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, like his mystery client shows up, she can't find her car keys. Mm -hmm. And so he's going through her memories to try and help her find her car keys, and he found all kinds of other stuff that she couldn't remember. But it was there in her memories, and I thought that was really interesting tech. At first when I saw the tank, I'm like, wait, is this like Minority Report? <laughs> Where you got the precogs that are going to tell you what's <laughs> up? Yeah. But then, no, this is just straight up like memories, not premonitions. These are things that have happened in the past. What did you think on first impressions when you started watching the film? Um, this was a movie that I had started it and kind of walked away from and had to go back and revisit because the beginning, like you, um, and I was mm-hmmming a lot, um, the beginning, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, so New York, but we're underwater and then as time goes on, eventually he explains that it's Miami and there's more things that you kind of learn about, like the way the world is now. Um, and but that first impression. As far as visuals and the cinematography um, and the camera and swooping in um, as it's like, like getting into the city. Mm hmm. Uh, it was cool. It was a cool scene and something cool to see. Um, but there was no explanation and no understanding. And it took almost, I would say, close to 15 minutes, if not more, into the movie to understand, one, like you said, it's Miami. And two, kind of 
why it's like the way that it is at that point. There's right. very little ex- explanation and um and yeah, that was my first impression that I just I wasn't it wasn't giving me what I needed. Right. We we learn eventually that it's not just Miami that's affected, that basically New Orleans is gone because the levees were completely mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. But you learn that through dialogue much later yes. in the film. And, that, and... Go ahead. I was just going to say, in that Nick was a veteran of some major war and did several mm-hmm. tours, but mm-hmm. virtually everyone there in some kind of capacity was involved with the war, and this yes. is just the aftermath of the war. Yeah, so it's 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 really confusing. Like, it's obviously with, like, the tech and the fact that everything is underwater... This is sometime in the future, but you don't really know when. Right. And as far as this war goes, you don't really know what the war was or what it was about. You don't know if it was a world war or what. And you don't really know if because the levees broke, that's why everything's underwater or the levees broke and that kind of started it. And now, like, I don't know, global warming or insert anything else here. Right. This is what the world has become. And those are the things that I struggled with. There were so many things that were never really explained. Um, For example, you've talked about this uh, machine that you get hooked up to so that you can um, relive someone's memories. Mm -hmm. And the person, too, it's important to, to realize that while they're in this contraption, they are reliving that memory, too. You don't know that until mm-hmm. the end of the movie that that they are truly reliving the memory you you kind of get an idea because people people come in to forget like they come in to relive a time in their life that they can never in theory get back again right there's a gentleman right. who comes in he has no legs and he goes back 13 years and and um, you know listen to my voice it's 13 years ago you're on your father's farm and then he's playing with the dog and he's got his legs back and it just seems like a happier time um there is the story itself is very interesting correct um as far as like um i guess the plot but it takes so long to get to the plot you're watching and you're like, like, what am I watching? What am I waiting for? What's really going on? Who is this girl is, you know, there are so many questions and no answers Mm -hmm. and you sort of get answers towards the like end of the movie. But even as you're getting those answers, you're still like, Oh, so they can do that. For example, you talked about how it's like a 3d, projection of these memories and he's kind of like and it is it's a 360 it kind of reminds me of canada right (laughs) right. it's this 360 um screen if you will that um that he can walk around and even though he's seen someone's memory he's seen every detail of it details that you as a person you have but you just don't know it's essentially like a recording So, you know, he can bend over and see what's under the bed. He can see what's behind the dresser. He can see all of these things that you mentioned the precogs in um, Minority Minority Report. Report. Yeah. You don't get to really see specific details like that. You get to see, um, uh, you know, I kind of take that back because at one point they determined whether or not the door was left open in one of the, um, in one of the arrests that they're making. But right. you're not really seeing it as a whole. You're not seeing everything. Where this right. is essentially a recording. Let's and... let's clarify though on that device where you mentioned the Circle Vision 360 Canada. The better way to describe it would be picture a large um, circular platform mm-hmm. about the size of say a sumo wrestling mat, and hanging above it. <laughs> are what looks like in different I had to kind of look I was when I was watching it I was watching it on my phone at the time. Okay. But when when you look at that ring and as the projections come up there are basically what look like fiber optic lines that are hanging down by the hundreds of thousands. 
See, but I didn't see that. I didn't see that did. in the beginning. Like I, I, did. I so for me, because because point, in that ring is where you can see uh, actual size of the memory of mm-hmm. the room, the details, the people. Right. And the only way to achieve that is through those fiber optic lines, because mm-hmm. then later in the film. As Hugh Jackman wants to get closer, he's parting them with his hands. Right. And you really see them. But I saw them in the beginning. Okay. See, I didn't. So for me, in that scene, because all he does is he constantly, like, walks around so that he can see every angle and understand whether it's he's helping someone remember something Mm -hmm. or they're just kind of showing up to relive, right? Well, part of it, too, is that they cut from him observing Mm-hmm. to the actual scene in real time so True. you lose the perception of uh-huh. the fiber optic True. lines so when it got to that part and he parts the sea of these fiber optic lines to essentially be a part of the memory right um i or give I, the illusion out loud out loud i went Oh, so we can like we can walk into it now, like because I never, for me when I was watching it, and I was watching it on on my TV, right? That that's not what I saw. I don't know what I imagined the mm-hmm. visual capabilities were, but I certainly it never occurred to me that you could walk into it and become a part of it. And but technically, he wasn't because I mean it gave him the impression that he was. But clearly, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's yeah, let's let's put pause on this because we're dead. already near the end of the film. <laughs> let's put pause on that. But okay, let's be kind. Rewind and go okay. all the way back to I'll my. Let you walk here's my through the movie then. Well, no, no, no. Here's my original question about at the beginning of the film when the, where the, the hell are we? What year is it? And, and, What's going on? No, besides all that. Why? Besides all that. Besides all that. We we know that there's water. We know that the, the streets have been flooded. And we know that there are dry land that uh, some mobster guy bought up cheap and then basically priced everybody out of once um, Miami and the rest of the place fell. So uh-huh. his land is now prime land. Mm-hmm. And that he's also dying. Um, he's trying to, you know, set things right and whatnot. Um, even though the police are trying to nab him for several, several things, but he's being uncooperative. And because of the fact that he's sick, they said that you know the court said that he didn't have to partake in the whole memory jack because that's how they get a lot of convictions is through criminals' memories, especially the people that are dead. They still have the ability Minority to... Minority Report. The people that are dead, they still have the ability to jack their memories to get the truth. But here was what I was wondering. So, okay, you the world's got a problem because a lot of these cities are underwater. But clearly there's electricity going. Mm-hmm. But they make a... Hugh Jackman's character makes a comment saying something to the effect of... The city, this city has become nocturnal because of the heat during the day. Yes. But I'm like, if you still have electricity, do rooftop air conditioners not work anymore? What the hell mm-hmm. is the problem here? And everyone tries to sleep during the day. That doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, they sleep during me. the day. They wake up. So instead of looking for sunrise, you're looking for sunset. And then you live your life, which I mean, I'm kind of chill with that because I love a good sunset. I'm a sucker right. for them. Sure. But like, I don't know. Like, I'm ready to just give my opinion. So I'll let you keep walking people through the movie. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> you you touched base Awful. on it. You touched base <laughs> on it earlier that some people have come in and they want to relive these memories. We do learn very quick in the film that if you're not careful, you can get burned. And what that means is that if you get stuck on a memory and if the power is too intense. It can fry you, and that's the only thing that you're going to be able to, to see, see and remember forever. You're mm-hmm. you're basically become a comatose vegetable in whatever memory you just got burned into your head, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. Right, and so they cl- closing up shop. They're talking it out about how he's too nice to let people ride, and you know, giving him the freebies and whatnot. 
um, one of the ladies who comes in and her whole thing is she wants to relive the moment with her her man that um, she's absolutely in love with that she doesn't get to see anymore. And his assistant tries to hand hand her basically a memory chip so she can just view it at home. And she goes, no, it's not the same. Like, I want to do this because if I do this, I feel like I'm there. I can feel his arms around me. Mm-hmm. Even though it's sad that it's the only memory that she comes into view, she didn't want the chip to view it from a as a third party. She wanted to be physically involved, and that was the whole purpose of this device, is that it allows you to physically interact with your memory. Mm-hmm. So they're closed, knock on the door, mystery lady comes in, and Hugh Jackman pulls a... <laughs> Dreamweaver moment as if it's like freeze framed and that's oh the gosh. song playing yes. in the background. <laughs> I remember the first time she walked into my life. <laughs> time out, time out. Just because you said Dreamweaver, a Dreamweaver moment. This is not the first time that mm-hmm. we've done a podcast where Wayne's World has been referenced. <laughs> so what I want to know right. is when do we talk Wayne's World? We'll be talking Wayne's World. We'll be talking Wayne's World one and two when the third one drops. So as I continue on, uh... <laughs> I would never talk Wayne's World two. Just for the record, just so everyone knows. <coughs> why? Why is that? Have you seen Wayne's World two? Uh, yeah. Party time. Excellent. Times two. Anyways, no. <clears throat> no, we digress. No. We digress. We digress. Okay, so she comes in and she time in. To... Yeah, she she wants to know where her keys are, so he goes to set her up with the device, and he's like, um, you know, we've got uh, basically like a nude skin that you can wear and whatnot. She just drops her dress right in front of him, going, mm-hmm. "Well, you're going to be able you're to see, see all of that anyway." anyway. <laughs> I'm like, okay, blah blah blah. Um, they make her take her earrings off because I'm sure that has something to do with the electricity side of it. Mm-hmm. And then they start off with her morning, how it starts going through her day and the assistant is trying to keep track of the keys so he gives her the suggestion where did you first see your keys mm-hmm. she grabs her purse you notice though every time that she they were tracking her purse for whatever reason she kept dropping the damn purse mm-hmm. and the contents and i'm like who is that sloppy with their contents <laughs> of her purse but so they they find as the, a female i can concur that it was pretty ridiculous but they, they did find the keys in the beginning and then... Multiple times. Right. In the beginning where she was at home and then they said, okay, when did she see her keys again? She was in some kind of room with another person sitting next to her. She's trying to find her keys. Finds them a second time or a third time, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, because she was on the dock going to this building when she found them the second time. And then when they tried to go a little further, um, Hugh Jackman then realizes that something's wrong as she's walking out through a hallway. She's crying. Yeah, kind of tearing up, and then the curtain opens, and it turns out she's a lounge singer. And Mm -hmm. she starts singing, and he decides... Beautiful voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the song was actually uh, very haunting. It was very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, lingering on, you know, watching her, even though the assistant's like, okay, this isn't helping us with the keys... And then uh, eventually it, it gets to the point where, you know, it ends. Um, she, you know, leaves. And then the assistant looks at him and goes, oh, girlfriend left her earrings behind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Looks like you're going to have to talk to her again. And then uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing because uh, trying to remember the next part after that. They end- Oh, he goes to the club. What, like the next day, I think it is? Mm-hmm. He goes to the club where she performs at. In the club. Right? I don't know why I just said that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Please forgive um, me. So he rolls in with his 50 cent and uh, decides <laughs> to watch and see what's going on. And she notices him and she pulls a Jessica Rabbit and starts singing mm-hmm. uh, that alluring look. Thank you. The... That was the other movie <laughs> that I was going to say. <laughs> and then... Uh, 
once it's done, she starts walking behind the bar. Like, it was weird. Like, everyone left, and he's the only one there, and um, she runs the place, too, but she doesn't. And so they decided to talk it out, and um, he started asking her... Uh, he, I think he was asking her questions. I forget what the questions were about, but she made the comment, you know... Sometimes it's just difficult to realize when, you know, how or when you're going to be able to pay your rent. And so then all of a sudden they end up over at her house. Place. Yeah, yeah, they end up at her house. And I'm like, her rent, her place is huge. Like, mm-hmm. it's actually a really large, um, I want to say, like a suite. With a beautiful rooftop garden lounge area yeah no that rooftop that was a bed that was a four post bed yeah but it was like i don't yeah i i view that as like a common area though for the building not like hers like it wasn't like her patio or anything it was like on the roof you know like when you know in in places that are not wisconsin uh apartments have like rooftop gardens and rooftop uh, pools and right. so that's I viewed her apartment building like it was a common area because I don't know that I agree up, they were getting up before everyone right they were getting up to like you know like like right now we'd be like oh getting up so early we're gonna see the sunrise they were getting up so early to watch the sunset okay wait take COVID out of the equation right now out of the thought process and the question I'm about to ask when you when did I I was like no, no, no. I talk about that based okay, on the God. question I'm about to ask you are you going to share a rooftop that has a four-post queen-size bed yes. with everyone in the building? Yes. I mean, Hell no. So, Hell yes. no. Why? What? You're, Why would you put... No. What? No. Don't, no. Don't go near it with a black light. Don't go near it with a black light. That's all I'm saying. Do you go to your pool at your apartment complex? Negative. Haven't been to hot, my pool. tub? Nope. Negative. Because it grosses you out because you're afraid no. you don't want to. No, because well, right now it's COVID, and I don't. Well, want to be any I part. <laughs> since COVID, you said right. We're, you know. I haven't been to a pool in any apartment complex in at least eight years, at least. Okay, so I do not live somewhere that has a fitness center or a. Okay. I I don't live somewhere where we have anything. <laughs> it is, it's our house. That's it. But I've lived places where those are available to you. But I've also, it's been in the Midwest. I mean, I remember living in Florida and I lived in an area that, again, had common areas for both laundry and for the pool. And there are plenty of like high rise facilities that have like, if you're in the city and you're limited on space and the only place you can build is up, where's your common area going to be? Okay, fair. Yeah. But the the thing that I'm having a problem with, if it was a pool, I wouldn't even have batted an eyelash at it. I think it's her own private area because, again, it's a bed. I mean, but the bed is, it is a set bed up. Or it is, is it a like, bed. I don't care I mean, care think about Bachelor think. in Paradise. Think about Bachelor in Paradise and they're in Mexico. Do they I have, have these spaces. Yes, you do for this moment. <laughs> They have these spaces that are like this four post like lounge area. It's like a cabana. Like I can think of like like going to Vegas. Like you go to Vegas and you go to certain hotels that have the pool area and then there are cabanas that you can rent. Like I view that as like a cabana on the rooftop. I, like you're viewing it I'm as having like a, a problem. place where people no, I'm I'm looking at it from just an aspect of like if I if I have a rooftop lounger every night, le- right? But I'm not letting the people over in you know five C come hang out over there because it's just one Luther Vandross and a boxed wine away from becoming a really bad place for any oh place that gosh. I want to go to. I'm telling you, the reason why I, I think, think that it's that is so funny on my drive home trying to make it to the podcast on time (laughs) i was listening to slow jams (laughs) nice and you're wearing your wine shirt that says like what sherlow stuff like that a merlot sherlow is that even a wide it is it is it is absolutely not sir did i just make shit up as i go along (laughs) Mm -hmm. cabernet cabernet's on here but but um 
I, I want to say, I think, I, I need to revisit that scene again. I'm telling you, I think that's just her own space. Why does it matter? Uh, it doesn't. But it does follow up with my next question on this, that whether it's her space or not, it's, it's a bed on a rooftop. The yeah. water is surrounding the buildings all around. Gorgeous. But did you notice, for as much water that is all over the place... The only time we see any kind of water-based animals is when we get to St. Joe's and the fucking eels in the tank. I'm like... You just said you... the F word? I know, oh, I know. I'm going to have to throw oh, explicit man. on this particular episode, I guess. Because <laughs> oh, now man. I'm getting all worked up. But here's the problem. I didn't it's... even say the F word when we did Suicide Squad. It's because you're a rookie. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here, here's what my point is. Miami is about as ocean as it can be. There's no whales or dolphins or anything jumping around. You look out in the water so this many times you, in the this film. This is what you're taking away from the movie. But there's no... Uh, where's I didn't the, see any dolphins, and that's a problem for me. But there should have been some kind of sea life. I think it actually would have added more to the film if there would have been like, you know, oh... He got thrown over the edge. Watch out. Here comes the shark. Do baby shark. Oh do, 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 do. Oh <laughs> I'm oh just saying. God. I'm just saying. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to move this conversation forward, but I want to try something new here. Oh Lord. Help me. Jesus. For our viewers or listeners. We're not really viewing anything. We're viewing, viewing each other. We're on zoom. So I always uh, think about the visual. Um, Maybe one day we'll drop these on YouTube. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I make faces at you all the time. <laughs> um, for our listeners, settle the debate on Twitter. You've got, um, we're on Twitter. We'll, we'll announce those later at the end of the podcast. But settle the debate on Twitter. Yeah. Is, the, is it a cabana? Is, is it a shared rooftop <laughs> apartment complex cabana? Or is this like her bed? Love shack. Uh, yeah. Freaking... <laughs> Solve it. Uh, uh, team Eric or Team Bree? You know the right answer. Don't be afraid. Okay. I'm telling you, it's disturbing Moving on many on. levels. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> you, t- you, you take the next part of this film. I. Here's the thing. I what I when I was watching this movie. I'm kind of giving away my perspective already. Were you drunk? I feel like <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Goodness. Um, there was so much potential in the fact that there was. It, it was a unique idea that I feel was an amalgamation of so many things we've already seen before you talked about jessica rabbit who framed Mm -hmm. roger rabbit we've talked about minority report like there's so many different pieces that it's like i think i've seen this before maybe i don't remember where but i think i've seen this before and that's kind of how i felt in this movie and like the 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 way that he was just so obsessed with um with may played by rebecca ferguson just from the get-go that suddenly like this became our focus it didn't make sense even as he is narrating he's narrating um essentially from the future reminiscing back on what got him to where he is today though we don't know where he is when the movie starts but he's reflecting back on this is where it was this is how it happened this is how it all began and the whole time you're watching it, you're like, okay, like he's obsessed with this woman. We don't quite understand why. And there are so many red flags that she's just not that into you. And yet he is just dead set on being with her and loving her. And then she disappears. I guess that's what comes next based on us talking about the timeline of the movie. And... And he's obsessed with finding her. Right. Well, they did did have a few days together to be able to kind of build a rapport. Oh, wow. Days. Congratulations. Wait, no, 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 no. I take that back. He drops the L word. 
He says, I love you. And she's like, you've only known me a few months. He doesn't actually say that he, like, he doesn't actually say, I love you. She asked him about, like, the date and, like, what he was doing. And he's like, and she says, oh, you do this for all the girls. And he goes, no, just the ones that I love. A little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, you're right. But nonetheless, but nonetheless, he still drops the L word in some capacity. She's like, you don't even know me. You've only known me a couple of months. And, and I'm doesn't like, say it back. And right. Guilty right. as hell. <laughs> she almost pulled a penny and went uh, from Big Bang Theory and, thank you. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Uh, or or, or uh, Matt James on uh, The Bachelor. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, so so then suddenly, like, we fall down this, like, I don't even want to call it a rabbit hole. Like, we we fall down this, like, it's a black hole because, I mean, there is nothing. Like, nothing is making sense. But he's so, like, consumed by this woman and finding her and believing that something's not right or there's a problem or whatever. And then he, but because of a kind of this business that he's running that seems to be failing a little bit uh he picks up jobs here and there and one of the jobs leads him to someone else's memories at a different time back in new orleans and then he sees may and he keeps yeah it was the dead her. the dead gangster or, yeah. or the, the not gangster but the dead gang member dying. right yeah, and then he's dying he uh realizes that oh this person had come across may who was yeah. the mystery woman and then, yeah. I mean, and this is, like, over an hour into the movie. And so you're still, like, but where are we going from here, right? And and during that time, you learn that you have to provide um, certain styles of questions in order to see what's next. Because if you ask them a question that isn't something that happened or is available in the memory, mm-hmm. it can... Um, it kind of starts frying their brain because they can't, um, they can't pro- like produce and project something right. that didn't happen. Right. Correct. Um, and then and, you'd have to back that off and be like, Hey, look, yeah. you just took a wrong turn. Let's get you back on track. Mm-hmm. That That's how he knew whether or not it was actually legit. Yeah. And so, I mean, from there, then we just go down this new black hole of, like, follow the May, follow the May, follow the May. And slowly, very slowly, different things get revealed to you. But at the same time, nothing gets revealed to you. And then it's quite literally the last, say, 15, 20 minutes, you realize You get the entire epiphany. Yeah, it's like... You know, I'm going to say within the last five minutes, I'm going to take that last 10 minutes of the movie, because the last five minutes are where he is now and why Mm -hmm. we're being told this story. That's the last five minutes. The five minutes previous to that, you're like, oh, okay. So it's been an hour and 40 minutes. And now, okay, this is, this is why it's good that he was looking for her. And now we have. Here's the thing. I'm ready to give my opinion if you can't tell what I'm ready. I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, so bear with me for a second. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing in when you're reading um, is... I mean, that's my... Foreshadowing when you're reading a book is um, my preferred foreshadowing method because it's there... And you read it, and you know that it's of significance, mm-hmm. and it stays with you, but then you're still, if it's written well, you're still seeing everything else, and you're kind right. of, you're there with the character, and you're seeing everything, and then there's that moment that comes just before you're ready to forget about what you already saw, and you're like, oh, yes. On the same side of that, okay, Mm -hmm. sometimes foreshadowing is glaringly obvious, and it ruins the mystery, okay? Okay, okay. 
and that happens often in movies in movies there's always that in the cinematography there's always the movement of the camera and then suddenly the camera stops and you're focused on some random thing and immediately you're like okay well obviously that's significant and then it just speeds up again okay mm-hmm Whatever was intended to be foreshadowing in the movie was so wildly insignificant that you didn't even see it. It's like suddenly something happens and you're like, shit, like, I remember that they, like, said or did or showed this insert here, but holy crap, now they want me now they want me to reminisce on that. Right. And and see this. And it it made no sense. Like it just there was no there was it was not fluid. There was no fluid movement in this movie. And it was I feel like the idea and the concept had so much potential. It but it fell flat for me. It fell flat. But it at the same time then this is me contradicting myself with foreshadowing sometimes they spend too long it's Mm -hmm. too much of a pause and you're like well now i just i know the ending of the movie and there's no point in watching it and nine times out of ten you're right so it's like foreshadowing is so important when you're having this mystery thriller but you can't give it away this didn't give us anything this film in the romance was like like it's classified as a sci-fi romance thriller mystery sci-fi yes totally thriller eh, not really mystery sure romance um i don't think so like it was an obsession that's not very romantic okay and then this is where i'm going to disagree <clears throat> so the romance part of it was very light in the beginning and you didn't really get to feel the emotional connection that he had until the end once he realized truly what may was all about um i'm avoiding giving away the ending on this one because i feel like oh yeah if people um one it's on hbo max so if you want to save yourself some money you can go watch it on there Mm -hmm. it was good enough of a watch um to to spend the two hours but we find that um as he's progressing we're being led through the film if you you look back and notice it yeah they're actually holding our hand from scene to scene and that's why the twist we get at the end on the reveal um was interesting to me because it was clearly heading into a specific area and you know we like to think that there's good inherently in all people but you don't get confirmation of certain things until you get to that end sequence true that's why i feel like we were led through the film Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to give it a 10 because I very rarely give anything a 10. So, no, it, it wasn't going to be rated that high. It's not even close to a but 10. But for originality, it was pretty decent because there was a lot of things about it that were interesting. And Hugh Jackman is is on point with his character. We A lot of times we talk about, you know, bad scripts, but good actors you this wasn't a horrible script but he did make the most of what he had sure he did as he does in any film he's been in that includes x-men origins i do have a huge jackman <laughs> complaint though and and maybe it was just he wasn't shirtless enough for you <laughs> no no it's Hugh jackman not mark Wahlberg. come on now um and maybe it was just specific to this film because right now in this moment I can't quite picture anything else. Right. Um, but he's so like because he's got that deep voice, and it's almost like that's what he relies on. At least in this film, like he relies on that deep voice that's supposed to be the words supposed to be very sultry. Okay. And but it's it comes off to me as like flat. 
in monotone like there's no inflection there's no good performance sure Mm -hmm. the cinematography of this movie was incredible okay and like i talk about cinematography almost on every podcast and i was so impressed with this Mm -hmm. but i found it very boring and you don't even know, like I said before, you don't know the actual conflict in of this movie and what you're like what you're trying to resolve until I don't know ninety something minutes in, and it's. Are you telling me you weren't all all in on uh, the St. Joe's scene where you know? His partner comes his in. His head's in the eel tank. Yeah, and the, his partner comes in and starts shooting up the place. No, I found that bizarre. I found it so bizarre. Like, at that point in the movie, I'll tell you what I thought. Her randomly showing up, I felt like she's in on something. There's nothing random about that, though. Her showing up? To me, it was. I was like, why is she... Like, for her to, like, suddenly be there, I felt like she was... She was trying to hide something. She knew he was going there. She knew that he was in over his head. She says it more or less. And that's why, I mean, it was kind of funny, though. She shoots the eel tank, which knocks out all the eels. And he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, smart move, shooting the tank. She's like, I was actually aiming for Joe. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, but but at first at first yeah i was like okay that's weird she's here but the fact that she was shooting at joe and then her interaction with uh nick afterwards uh led me to believe because she was there when he found out that may had any interaction with the guy when Mm -hmm. they were doing the deposition on the almost Uh dead guy right but the other thing too that we didn't touch base on is that we learned that may this woman that he's infatuated with has she has a drug problem a drug's called baka and apparently once you hit it once you are forever addicted no matter how long you go without it it will always draw you back in Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where the whole rabbit hole begins because you're like okay great so she basically spiraled out of control as what you're being led to believe Mm -hmm. but uh well all right I hate to say the same thing that we just said. Well, yeah, we both agreed on Infinite about it being a miniseries. But I saw a review somewhere where someone um, was expressing like their feelings on it, mm-hmm. which are very similar to how I feel. And it's because there's so much, quote unquote, mystery up until almost the damn end of the movie like that's it it's made for a series like if this could have been made into a series a mini series at that because there's not enough going on for it to be like Mm-mm. 6 seasons long no but like a mini series i feel like i would have been more inclined to be happy with it and impressed with it and understanding of it versus thinking it's a hot mess I don't know that I would cool, want to disagree. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know that I want to <laughs> visit this on a weekly basis though for this show. Like I feel like this movie No, like I'm I'm talking like binge watching like 5 episodes just boom 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 boom. Mm, I don't know. All right. So on a scale of 1 to 10 uh, Baca clips, what do you uh what do you give in this uh drug-induced film? Because of the, because honestly, because of the cinematography, I'm going to give it a four point eight. Okay, All and right. I'm not budging. <laughs> no. All right. In spite of the fact, go ahead, that... give it a nine. It's fine. It's cool. Whatever. No, 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 I'm no, 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 no. You, you, but I kind of right. am. time out tiger oh man so based on the fact that i had a few issues with it you know the whole question on like if your electricity's on why can't you have rooftop air conditioners for your buildings and why does everybody have to go to the police station in order to have a building that doesn't have any water that's weird or not the police station the court or whatever it was the, the 
Justice Hall, <laughs> whatever. Honestly, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Okay. <laughs> so we've got that. I'm looking at it from what I thought was an interesting delivery of a story that had a few twists that wasn't one of those films that you could sit there and be like, oh, I've got this figured out in 10 minutes because I hate those films. Um, yeah, but a, you want to figure it out before you're 90 minutes in and a movie that's only an hour and 56 minutes long. But it wasn't, it wasn't that difficult for me to follow. Like, I knew what he was doing. I can understand that he wanted to know more about her. He thought she was in trouble. They kept going until he realized that there's nothing much that really he can do besides what he did without giving away the entire story. I'm going to say that I'm I'm giving this film a six and a half. And mostly because I like the tech involved and I didn't find the story boring. I mean, had this been directed by maybe your favorite director, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, we would be giving this oh a God. much lower score. <laughs> um when you want to fight, you let me know. I'm ready. <laughs> but this film continues to, uh, you know, show us what most of these other films have throughout this entire podcast season. That really, it was all You know what? This is one time you can actually say it and it's true. You've been listening to the Red Carpet Cafe podcast, and as usual, I am one of your insightful hosts, Eric Root. And I'm the host that you don't want to fight. <laughs> Reap out. You did a dreamy job today. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Me too. Um, we still need to talk about Twitter because we got a battle that we're trying to solve here. All right, give your Twitter pitch. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter. I am at underscore underscore Bree, B-R-I-E, underscore underscore mode. You can find me on Twitter at E-R-Root, E-R-R-O-O-T. And solve le- it for us. Let us know let what us you think about the... The rooftop cabana that communal is the common love area. Bed. <laughs> the communal the common love area bed. for. It's not. It's a private bed. I'm gonna rewatch it again. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm not rewatching it again. Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind podcast network. You can find us on the web at bkrpn.com. And again, happy Labor Day, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your week.